How's Penny? He's been good. He's been really yeah. good. Weirdly, I, like, again, I don't know if I told you, like, I was kind of skeptical about the whole CBD thing. Because yeah. I know that it's been, like, oh, it helps with this and joint pain and all mm-hmm. of this with humans. But I've never mm-hmm. ever had it with animals. And Google is a nightmare <laughs> dark hole to dive yeah. into with that topic. So googling and it's like oh no but it can cause this and this and this and that and I'm like I have no idea what you're on about but I right. hope that this is going to work because the vet literally said listen if he keeps clustering like this at this rate okay. it takes this long to respond because he had probably about two hours before we got him to the vet where he was just wonky the whole time oh shame at the vet he didn't even like acknowledge them and he usually loves wow so it was a bit concerning to us because we were like, okay, this is it. Because we were sitting that weekend before we went to the vet. We were like, well, we're saying goodbye to you, sitting around him, him hyperventilating. We're like, we're yeah, gonna, this is it. And he jumped yeah. up. What are we doing now? <laughs> so and then when we started the CBD, it was like, again, I don't even want to lie to you. It wasn't even one day. And he just, he was bouncing back. We went yep. to the farm last weekend, and it was very, very um, stimulating. I can mean, there's sheep. Mm. Uh, I was going to say. Uh, there's sounds, there's chickens, there's just everything that you can imagine a border collie would love, first of all. But that Of course, of course. Stimulating. And we had a thunderstorm. Yeah, it was okay. Just a oh, shit. oh, my God. The thunderstorms, cows, sheep, new place, all the styles, everything. And he was fine. He was wow um, good we are good blown away so and good he is stable he's his um he still gets a couple of we call them glitches the little focal seizures that he gets right 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 yeah yeah, yeah. he only seems to get them when he's um going to sleep like when he settles okay down, he glitches a little bit like as he goes into sleep but other than that okay. he hasn't had a single episode since then and it's been That's eight amazing days that's incredible. I mean, people don't like, and we'll get onto this topic because one of the questions is actually like tips and tricks and that sort of thing. But it's like, from a personal note, my colleague had um, epilepsy for the last three years and CBD was like even worse back then in like 2017, 2018, where nobody really knew if it was like working or not. But I was like, listen, I know that it works, so I'm going to try it. And I did. And it was like, we went from having seizures every second day despite medication. Um, and at that point, we'd already changed her diet. And then we had like three years with not one seizure. Three years. Three years. And remember, she was diagnosed when she was like 11 and a half, 12. So she was diagnosed super late. So there's not much you can do for an older dog. So quality of life, you know, you have to sort of weigh up in the big questions. But it was like three years uninterrupted. We had one seizure the night before our euthanasia. I said the next time she has a seizure, because obviously she's older now, her body's going to take longer to bounce back. It took her almost 26 hours to come out of that seizure haze that they get after an episode. And then I said, you know what, it's time. And she was 15 when I said goodbye to her. That's a, but that's CV- a really long time for a, for an epileptic yeah. That is insane. Uh, three years, not one seizure. Not even petite mal, no grand mal, no petite mal, no focal seizures, nothing. She was fine. But diet and medication. But it is. it, it takes time. I think it took us like six months to get to a stability point. So yeah. you just need to 
keep on with your meds make sure the one thing i don't know um i know your cbd was gifted um but just make sure that you're adjusting the dose regularly so he's not going to stay on this dose forever he's going to need to meet a therapeutic requirement yeah um so we'll have to you'll have to just adjust his cbd as it goes because obviously it's working but he's still having the focal episode so you can you can even just like add two or three extra drops a day and it should reduce those focal episodes but you need to do it every like 21 28 days until you hit therapeutic yeah but sure. that's good that's, he's still so young and he's still growing yeah yeah he's a big i mean we, we, is... reached a, we reached a therapeutic point where he didn't have a seizure for a month like 32 wow. days oh yes i remember i remember well, it was a good yeah, point. And then, and then he just he just spiraled, and we went back to the vet. That's when they adjusted his phenobarb dosage, mm. um, and I mean he's on three tabs of phenobarb twice a day now, um, along with potassium bromide twice a day. Oh, shibit. So he's literally like the vets have now said, you know what, we can't add anything to this regime. He hasn't been mm. on it long enough for us to adjust it. He's already on mm. a high dose even though his phenobarbital levels are from the lower normal range right like of his liver and everything involved we cannot add anything to his body right now mm. so yeah of course and, and he's a baby like he's, he's a baby you can't stunt him any more than he's already being stunted with his medication so exactly and we wonder as well if like long term if this medication will play a role in his mental state and we don't know. And that's the thing because, I mean, it's not very common for dogs to get epile idiopathic epilepsy at such a no. young age. Absolutely. Like, and keep it. Like they'll have seizure episodes and then they grow out of it. But it's not where we cannot identify the issue. Um, we don't know. And I'm asking that out of curiosity because this is how my brain works. But your vet has explored the fact that it's perhaps hormone related. Not that they've mentioned to me, probably not that they have discussed okay. with us. Um, they have said that, you know, it could be a tumor or something like that. But right. unfortunately, you know, we're not in a place to be able to do something like that. And there's two, right. there's two veterinary practices in the country that are able to test for that kind of thing. And that's honest the word or that we are access that's accessible to us is honest the word. And I think it's Greenside in KZN. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it has one, um, probably because it's Cape Town. So, um, but they they did say that could be an option, and mm -hmm. the fact that it's the way that it's presenting, they don't think it is because if it was a tumor mm -hmm. and it was growing, it could get worse rapidly, and he wouldn't be getting yeah. it. So we're hoping that it's not that, and the CBD okay. so far is working. Um, so yeah. We're hoping to, I don't know if this is a feasible thing to think of, but maybe you think yeah. it's, yeah, but I'd love it if what, in a year or two, if he's stabilized completely and we see that there is nothing, you know, you know, fingers and toes mm -hmm. crossed, well, not any seizures in two years. Oh, goodness, that would be amazing. Um, but like to wean him off of that medication somehow. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but I yeah. do I know. I don't want him to be on that for the rest of his life because it does affect him. It does affect his mood. Yeah. It does affect his body. So I don't know what to do. So I'm literally... Yeah. So I weaned my collie off of... I did the vet thing for a couple months and I was like, Megan, why are you doing this? You studied all these things. Or you asked at that point, I was still studying. I'm like, you know all this stuff. 
why are you doing this to your dog? And then it was a couple months and then it wasn't working because Domino wasn't stable enough. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. And I just winged it myself. She was off Fenno. She was off Cedarbog. She went off everything. I changed her diet. We went onto a keto model. We took her off of the high carbs because carbs cause um, um, inflammation within the body, which causes seizures for epileptic dogs. So you try to put them on a keto model. So put on a keto model, change her proteins um, and just like her overall supplemental state. And obviously she had joint problems, osteoarthritis as well. So I had to factor that in and CBD and I did all these extra things. And it was like six months later, my dog's like, I'm going to go chase the birds again because and she was off everything. Nice. Um yeah, but it, it depends case to case. I mean, there's a dog that we'll chat about in my case study as well. He's also on Fino, two are on Fino. Um, one's got epilepsy, the other one's got flycatcher um, syndrome, which is also seizure related. And our plan is in the next year to get him off the Phenobarb and just to control his conditions through food and supplemental value, which he's already doing super well. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can, you, you need to do it very slowly and a very controlled period of time, but it is absolutely attainable. Well, yeah, that's the hope. I mean, we, we were literally at the point where we're like, we have to give him to a year. At the very least, we have to get mm. him to a year old. Like he can't, we can't give up until that point, unless of course it gets to that point. But for all intents and purposes, we are fighting until a year old. Mm. So, He's not neutered, is he? No, they refuse to. Oh, do they? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure if you... They don't even want to go there. Mm, I'm pretty sure if you could get his hormones under control, his sex hormones, because what he's doing is every time... Because he's what? not He's not even a year yet. So it seems like every time he has a bad cluster, it's sort of at like a growth spurt within mm. the body. So it could absolutely be agitated by the fact that his hormones are fluctuating and like he's growing and there's a lot of physiological and biological changes happening at that time and that is enough to even push him like if they can't physically put him under if they just give him a little i don't know injection would that help that at all because i don't i don't know what my options are with regarding to that because the vet refuses they're like absolutely not we can't risk that um i think at the at at the moment with his clusters I think if you can get to 60 days cluster free, you can go back to your vet and say, Hey, listen, I'd really like to talk about castration. Um, and then go from there. I mean, he'll probably have a little bit of a reaction to the anesthesia, which is, you know, it's just, one yeah, of those things. Exactly. but, but it is, he'll be sort of in a plateau, hopefully by that point where too many spikes or too many changes wouldn't upset him. And I mean, if he, he is able to manage his reactions or you guys are able to manage his reactions in exciting, tight, like an exciting um, environment and, you know, all those changes that happen around him without him having an issue, then I think he would be a good candidate at like 60, maybe 75 days cluster free um, for castration. I mean, the body takes about three months after castration and, um, sterilization for female to regulate the hormones it does take time afterwards but i mean and the procedure is pretty quick it's 20 minutes that they're under you know in well they're they get pre-med and stuff but then like it's a 20 minute procedure especially if the male has large healthy testicles so it's a problem but i think just to get him to cluster free for like 60 to 75 days you can go back to a vet and say hey is controlled can you please do this because hormones and fluctuations do affect idiopathic epilepsy in dogs of his age um 
you know, if it happened when it was two or three and not sterilized, that wouldn't be like a concern. But for that's oh, my dog. I was like, what is that black thing in the corner over there? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, he's a young he's a young boy, so I'm pretty sure that like hormones and growth spurts play a role. Yeah, really am. For for anyone who's listening, if I decided to just not cut this at all. Um, <laughs> Uh, I do have flu. Uh, I am on the yeah. I, Wade and I both. I started feeling a tickle last week and went to the mm. farm, lost my voice and all of that. But only actually started luckily feeling like flu um, on Sunday. So on Monday we drove back. Shame. Tuesday I was man down. Wednesday man Shame. down. Thursday started feeling normal again. And today it's just it's not so hectic anymore. But the cough is. Mm. And the phlegm Shame. is something horrible that I do not wish upon anyone. So vitamins, people, it's the time of year. <laughs> Are you hydrating and like making sure you eat enough and doing all your extra things? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Good. Water bottle 24-7. And I'm <laughs> very thankful for it. <laughs> Good. A glass every time I think I would lose my mind. Yeah, no. Water bottle's convenient. Sure. So and every now and then just know or there's like an awkward silence just know illness in the corner dying real quick and then she'll be back <laughs> please don't <laughs> so, um, we can start it like this so why don't you tell us who you are from what's your story <laughs> all right so hi i'm megan um i run claws and paws pet services or claws and paws wellness um we focus on um, animal nutrition, holistic healing, holistic pet care. Uh, we have a small pet care team, so we look after the team looks after some animals as you know the owners go away. So we're kind of like a full once one stop shop. We do um, brand development and um, product consultancy for for the pet food industry as well. So there's a couple of uh, local and international brands that um, I curate products for that come to with an idea. We create the, take their idea and turn it into something exciting and healthy that um, is then retailed for, for pet owners and their pets. And yeah, so that's pretty much what we do. Um, I'm based in Cape Town, um, but you know, my clients are everywhere. A lot of my job is remote, so it doesn't limit me to only working in Cape Town so I can help a, parents all over the place um but yeah that's pretty much me and the company in a nutshell i'm a mom to four dogs and far too many cats to count and um <laughs> most of them are rescues but i've got two little italian greyhounds who might actually just yap during this session so guard your ears if you're wearing earphones or something <laughs> my cousin's got an italian greyhound and they are the sweetest little things but they are weird in that they just look like they know something and they continuously see something in the corner. Like oh, like they just see a different dimension than we do. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Yeah, oh. no, they, they, shame. Are you all right? I swear, coughing fit. I am fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. No, 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 my Iggy's are, they know things before they happen and they hear things before anyone else hears them and they see things before anyone else sees them. So they're definitely the little, they're, they're little terrorists, but I love them. <laughs> but they're also like the most amazing cuddle bugs. Like they will just mm. slip under your clothes if they can, if you give them the opportunities. 
Oh yeah, and mine are like that forceful ones. If you're wearing like a gown or like a hoodie, they'll come and they'll be like they'll pour you, and you have to like chuck them under your hoodie and live their best life in your in your PJs and your hoodies. And same for bedtime, they ask to get under the duvet, especially when the electric blankets on. Then they roast. I call it their roasting because they come out all pink afterwards. Oh, um, yeah. Let's start with Toby's. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> They were the cutest thing. Okay, so why why did you decide to get into this? Like, why? Yeah, that's like a loaded question. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> um, but for me, it's like I've always wanted to work with animals. Um, growing up, uh, there's a story my mom tells where she couldn't find me the one day, and then she found me with like the neighbor's dogs, you know, and the dogs are napping, and I'm like living my best life with them. Um, so I would say like from two or three, I was always determined I'm going to be a vet. I'm going to do this. I'm going to work with animals. And that was like my whole life, you know, goal. And then a couple of things happened. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to go into veterinary medicine anymore. Um, and then I ended up rooting myself back. And, you know, over the years, I've um, worked with really great um, vets. I had a posting at one of um, the leading vet groups here in the Western Cape. And I just realized that my passion wasn't um, – surgery and it wasn't doing vaccinations and it wasn't just the general thing that you see in like a private vet clinic and I sort of realized there's this huge gray area for um, behavior for nutrition for um, holistic healing and TCM and that's kind of where my journey started I started poking and prodding and looking for options and I did a BSc um, honors in animal science and special focus on dietetics and from there just you know grew and um, that's where I am today it's uh, you know I learned something new I focus on that area and I just I just continuously learn and there's so much to learn and um, so that's kind of how I ended up here um, yeah no it's it's quite it's sorry is there a lot of the kind this kind of thing in South Africa like because when I could look online for uh, TCM especially and herbalists um I say herbalists but this is what yeah. the human yeah uh, consumption um a lot of the information that I get is obviously again this is an overlapping theme in my podcast is a lot of the information mm. is overseas it's not really mm. anything that applies to us like Oh, you yeah. can go to Walmart and get this. Okay, great. But where can I access this here? Where where mm. is this available to me here? And how is this available to us here? For sure. So yes and no. <laughs> um, for TCM specifically, which is traditional Chinese medicine, for those who don't know what it is. Um, and so for TCM specifically, a lot of the Chinese curated herbs and blends is not really accessible here in Cape Town. I mean, there is some, but you're not going to get the range as you would overseas. Um, so from the accessibility perspective, it's easy for somebody to go in and study animal science or animal health um, that you can study at most universities here in, you know, the Western Cape. But to go and study food therapy and TCM, which is what I did, or to go and study the stuff that I did, you have to study through distance education with um, colleges and universities overseas, which is a challenge as well because of time difference, you know, currency differences, um, you know, communication style differences. So specialized. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's super limited and super specialized. Um, but it, 
for me it was worth it uh, and um yeah so from from that perspective yes and no but also from like the the implementation i mean you once once you're done studying you factor in what is available in your in your region and you work with that so when i work with pets and pet parents i don't go and say buy this and you can only find it in china and you have to bring a ton in to give it to your dog you know i either find alternatives here in south africa or i actually just you know change the the way and the um the plan forward and we find something that's available to each region which is super great because like i said my job can be done remotely um so i consult with pet owners in dubai and i'll consult with pet owners here and you know and you plan things for that pet that you're treating based on what's available to them so it depends but um to study uh, science and stuff yes absolutely but to do all the extra specialized stuff is a little bit difficult you need to really research and find an accredited university for those well, yeah, it's specialized, so yeah. people can't just um, think that, oh, well, everybody's going to know this. It's like when I was sitting down with V from Little Angels, and she was saying yeah. the veterinary side of things, like they study nutrition for two weeks, and then, you know, that's, yeah. that's basically it. So for you to actually dedicate your career to this is, mm. I'll believe you, I'll believe it. <laughs> yeah. you got you got to know that people – the passion that people have for things that like drives change and um, yeah i think that's also what you're driving um mm. or speaking of driving change you recently started an independent study yeah so i'm assuming this is your curiosity of you again uh, <laughs> about what that's about yeah so um we have an independent study and you know it was quite funny somebody commented um on one of the posts like this can't be a clinical whatever because it's, it's a small control group and it was like it's a study so what we're doing is we had an open pool um we didn't go and specifically look for dogs um that met certain you know requirements within a vet practice we opened it up to the public because to be quite honest, the end goal of the study is one, obviously to have healthier pets um, and have educated and informed uh, pet parents at the end of it to, you know, know what questions to ask and know what to look for. But also, you know, to to reach the people who really need to be reached. Um, and so our study is the benefits of fresh food and um, holistic medicine. So each plan for each pet is tailored. It's not really like everybody goes into the same thing. Sure, there's a company sponsor, Happy Hounds, which does amazing fresh food here in the Western Cape. And I'm super thankful for them. They've sponsored trial packs for each of the entrants and then a discount for their first order. But not every pet parent is obligated to use that because we need to factor in finances. We need to factor in the pets. Sometimes, you know, depending on how ill the pet is, they need to have a specifically formulated food for them. And that's kind of what we we're focusing on in this um, case study is we have a control group. Um, it's broken down into um, six doggos. We were originally going to do five, but we struggled to reach five. So we ended up doing six dogs. Um, four of them are various forms of allergies, sensitivities, intolerances, gut issues. And then two are neurological cases with one having idiopathic epilepsy and the other having flycatcher syndrome, which is very rare. There's like 
there's only like six studies published on flycatcher syndrome since the 1900s. So it is a super rare condition, um, but we're super thankful that they entered and that they were, you know, panel chose them. And um, yeah, so we're focusing on how fresh food and alternatives help these dogs and all of these dogs. The common denominator with all of these dogs is they have exhausted every pharmaceutical option with their vet that is possibly available for them and now it's just the vets are like there's nothing left for you um so it is so nice to educate these owners on everything else that is not the standard conventional way which is also fun um it's going to span about a year so we're super excited oh, wow. for that i don't know why I yeah, thought yeah. it's going to be like three months or whatever <laughs> No, no, no. We're doing um, 11 to 12 months. Um, we need to, you know, some of these cases uh, need at least six to eight months uh, before I would be comfortable, you know, progressing any further to, you know, adjusting medications or finalizing plans and things. So it's so it started in March. My uh, my the case group, their names all on my whiteboard over here. Um, the case group started their first um four weeks of treatment um, and prep work and it's going through till the end of March next year 2024 so we're super excited that's exciting it's a, it's mm. a lot of I think it's a lot of data collecting on your end as well yeah yeah which is super cool because what we're going to do is we're going to compile the data compile the timelines we're monitoring everything so the owners I have a WhatsApp group so we post um, updates in there and we're like okay at this point you need to do this but the owners I mean I get poop photos from my pet parents in the case study every day because we're busy gut prepping. So the common denominator, again, with all of the diseases in um, the case study is that all of them have a gut aspect. So what we've done is we've really enhanced the gut protocols, getting them prepped and ready for changes and diet adjustments and things like that. And um, so we're in open communication every day, every other day, if I don't hear from them every day. Um, so, yeah, we're we're always talking which is super nice because not everybody's here in the western cape for us to like for me to physically like watch them yeah so um yeah no it's a lot of data collection but all the data will be published at the end of the study we'll compile it and pop it in the report and it will be easily accessible on our website and anybody who wants to read about it will be able to at the end of the year which is cool that's amazing so with the flycatcher syndrome yeah that's that's because i've seen videos online of dogs doing mm-hmm. that if you read through oh this is the kind of um you know disorders your dog may develop mm-hmm. and the, on the very rare side it is flycatcher syndrome and it's a yeah. is it an ocd thing so there's a couple things that can be um one it could be neurological it gets treated systematically like a um or conventionally sorry wrong word um, it gets treated conventionally like a seizure so the dogs are also placed on phenobarbitone um, or pexiol or whatever it is um, and then they get placed on a hydrolyzed food um, so flycatcher could be hereditary so it could be um, a genetic thing it could also be related to platelet levels within the dog it can be neurological so it can be seizure type um, but it can also be gut related, um, gastrointestinal related. And this, there's not many studies. There is one really great study um, by a researcher named Diane. And um, they had also a small group of various control dogs. And a lot of the, the models that we were following initially, she also follows in her study. And a lot of the dogs actually resolved. So um, 
you know, you just need to find out what type of uh, aspect it is. And the flycatcher, um, his name's Demon. <laughs> he's not a demon, though. He's such a cute dog. <laughs> he's it's such a misleading name. But um, he has been on neurological treatment and hydrolyzed uh, commercial pet food for over a year and he still has episodes during the day so it's not even working which is the problem so we're tackling his case that it is gastrointestinal and perhaps platelet related um, and if platelets are ruled out and everything is within range and normal then it is likely gastro related so we are working on that um, he's carrying on with his gut protocol his stools look really good he's really enjoying his um he started his happy hounds food his fresh food so um we're just going to tailor it down and then we will implement specific um holistic aids to help as well to see if we can get those episodes down but his parents have noticed great changes already which is awesome that's insane well that's main soul because i can imagine as well like if you have you know, you've got your fur baby, you've got your mm. child who's struggling with this, and they can't tell you what's up as well. I think that's also what makes the whole mm. um, pet nutrition side of things a lot more difficult because they can't yeah. tell you, hey, listen, this isn't working for me. This is what it's making me do. Right. Uh, and, yeah, that's – so I think it's a lot more trial and error that you guys have to go through. Yeah, and I think another hurdle that we have – and, look – there's a disclaimer here is that like I won't willingly call somebody a pet nutritionist who actually hasn't done the due diligence and studied correctly. Like a lot of people do these quick little two week courses online and you get a little sticker that you can put next to your name and it says raw foods. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I'm a nutritionist. And it's like, really, you're not, um, you can do that one thing very well, but as a nutritionist who practices actively, who do, does a lot of like referral cases and pets with ailment cases, we, a lot of it is one misinformation is one of our biggest hurdles There's a lot of clashing information, but two, it's also one, a very unregulated industry, but also an industry that is, dominated by commercial marketing um, and it's so difficult especially I think here in South Africa there's a lot of progress so people are becoming more aware but like people don't believe you when you say oh but your dog can actually eat pumpkin and they're like yeah. oh, can and then 75 years ago Omar Sari was giving um, Pity the dog uh, flaces and pumpkin off of her plate and it was fine and, and the doggy lived like 30 years. So, you know, it's it's just that like there's a there's a big, big sort of misinformation. It, it's difficult. It's unregulated. There's a lot of clashing information. And then pet owners are also just like, I don't know, they're, they're just a little bit brainwashed, which is a bit hard. Brainwash is a wrong word and it's maybe a harsh word for me to say, but it's just, you know, narrow. everyone believes that this narrow-minded, but not by their own fault, by marketing. Does yes. that make sense? By them, it's, we're going to start sounding like conspiracy theorists soon. <laughs> but it's like the yeah. mess um, of pharmaceuticals. Like they yeah. have the budget for this. They have the budget for the advertising to make you trust them. Mm. And by no means am I saying that, okay, this works or this doesn't work. But what mm. I am saying is that, it leaves very little room for being open-minded to change. It leaves very little room for being open-minded to something maybe a little bit different to what you might be used to. Yeah, and I think the big thing is as well, I don't want to go into conspiracies and going that way because that's not what this podcast and this session is about, but the companies that tell you that their products are the best products have um, funding 
um, ties with universities and have funded studies. And a lot of studies in pet food, like they don't have to publish that the animals had a bad reaction to what they were feeding. They only publish the good stats. You know, there's, there's so little um, awareness around things like that. And I don't want to go into that because that's a whole crock pot of um, people call crazy, but it is, there's that just is a lot of, <laughs> there's just <laughs> yeah there's there's just a lot of ties between pharmaceutical and commercial companies with your vets and your human doctors and your pharmacies so you know where you get your funding from and where you get your rebates from is where you're going to support and there's you know little guys or holistic um approach uh specialists or whatever you want to look at yourself as um we get quashed a lot, you know, we get silenced a lot. We don't always get, you know, if we go and apply for a grant for a case study, which is why this is an independent case study, it's being funded by my company, it's nobody's funding it, is because um, we don't get accepted for these grants because it's not conventional and it doesn't go with the grain. Okay, hold on. Let's practice our downstairs for a second. As a lot of you know, Finn has recently started on CBD oil to aid him in his epileptic journey. I don't know how you can't because it's basically all I talk about. <laughs> but I'm not here to talk about Finny Boy. I'm here to talk about Obi the Range. Founded by Claudia, a devoted dog mom to Obi, their mission is to help dogs live happier, healthier lives alongside their loving human parents. From nutritious doggy food and single protein treats to CBD products and amazing doggy accessories, Obi the Range has everything you need to keep your pup tail waggingly happy. Obi the Range also keeps in line with Flop's uh, Do Some Good mentality. A portion of their income is donated each month to non-profit organizations and rescues, making a real difference in the lives of dogs in need. So, join their furry mascots, Obi, Blue, Finnegan, and Penelope in creating a world where every pup feels loved and has fun. Visit their Instagram, Obi the Mini Schnauzer, and keep an eye out for some fun things coming up, which I legally can't share, but just trust me, go keep an eye on their page. There's some really big things coming. So, yeah, follow Obi the Range, where dogs and love come together. Yeah, so it, there's a lot of things that it, it is, but anyway, let's not become right, it's, it's, <laughs> it's important to talk about these things because that's why we have such trouble locating these changes. That's why it's mm -hmm. owners feel like, oh, well, I can't do anything. You know, there's nothing mm -hmm. to do but to trust what is being told to me um, mm -hmm. by people who have been the same, who have looked at the problem the same way for the last 50, 100 years. So For sure. and if you do look back in the day to people who didn't have access to that, but still had long living pets and had health, mm -hmm. pets, you have to question, okay, but then what's the difference? Why mm -hmm. did that happen? And now this is happening. And mm -hmm. yeah, I can see where the rabbit hole can go to, to overpopulation and um, all the misinformation and self-medication and self administering mm -hmm. and Google and the internet. And yeah. Dr. Google is my favorite. Is I Googled this. This is wrong with my dog. It's like, man, can you rather just not Google? Because it's also going to tell you you're probably dying of a brain tumor. So can exactly. you just like rather? <laughs> like whenever I, I feel a bit iffy and it's like, okay, but how do you feel? I'm like, I don't know, but I know how I'm feeling right now. I know that if I Google it, it's going to tell me that I probably have cancer. So oh, for I sure. 
and just leave it and pretend it's fine. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, okay. Um, with the study and the answers yes. now, um, you're starting with guts and you're going to move into a whole, you're going to basically look at the dog and do everything you can to bring this pet back to a healthy point. So the gut is the baseline. And I think that is something very important because gut health is something very important in humans too. And it's something we mm-hmm. neglect a lot. And that's why our Absolutely. health is deteriorated. So if we look at our dog's health the same way we do, with the same level of intricacy that we do with our own health, we'll start realizing mm-hmm. that problems can be not not normal, not always, but it can be very on a very basic level, like something like remove carbs out of the diet or a lower carb diet would benefit this greatly. So um, I want to talk a bit about, are you going to be including TCM in the study at all? Or is this completely just on a healthy diet? No, so TCM and alternative is absolutely included in the study, um, but it's case to case. So um, the benefits is both about food changes and supporting the body correctly. So, you know, um, if I can use Gus is one of our um, participants and he's quite a cutie pie that people on Instagram will know. Captain Gus, the one Marana is his Insta handle. Um, he's had really cr- bad chronic gastro his whole life since he was 11 weeks old, according to his charts and stuff. And, you know, for him, what we did is I put him on such a stringent repair job for, oh, there goes Chester in the corner. Um, you know, I put him on such a stringent repair job for his gut. So we are repopulating, we're repairing the linings being, you know, fixed with two different sort of things. And it's, you know, and he is having solid poops consistently every day for the first time since he was 11 weeks old. And it's, you know, just taking the pet in front of you and going through the history and factoring in genetics and factoring in, um, you know, biology and physiology and all of the things that lead up to where the pet is now in front of you, you can really create a plan tailored to that pet that really boosts their wellness. And, you know, TCM and holistic and pharmaceutical medicine, it's all different, but that is the holistic approach is an attitudinal approach, you know, where you take all of these factors and you treat the pet um, based on all of these factors. But then, you know, we look at the TCM and my field of focus on TCM. So I do the medicine side, so the herbal, the blending side. And then I actually, like, you know, I take in the food therapy, which is my area of focus, you know, which entails like the energetics, food energetics, and the chi of the body and hot and cold proteins and maintenance proteins for the pet in front of me. Um, and these together with the fresh food help me to treat a patient properly. And that's kind of what the study is. So each of these um, pets they got a bundle so their bundle value um, is a year-long program and um, consultations and all these things and you know it's tailored to each pet so each pet sitting next to me I don't look at it because it looks like a lot of admin but um, they each have a huge file and for each pet I've gone and I've researched and there's studies that I've pulled and I've taken their medical history and I've factored that into a plan and um 
they I've consulted with most of them. I've got some consults coming up this week with the last of the um, uh, the control group and each pet is placed on something different and each pet has a different timeline and each pet has a different requirement and it's it's really factored down to food and supporting that body holistically and so TCM absolutely is part of the is part of the plan because you know sometimes you need a little bit extra and all of these pets have been on conventional medication so there's some damage there which we need to fix. Awesome. How does that work? How does it because again um me who is very uneducated on the subject mm-hmm. uh, okay. with Google or chat GPT to to guide me through through what it is because TCM um, when you when you look at what you get available online for the description it's obviously so herbal medication sometimes it includes acupuncture um, mm. so there's a lot of different elements to when it comes to TCM Could you talk a bit yeah. about what about what it is and the different benefits of each of the elements? Mm -hmm. So, like I said, my field of focus is food therapy, um, which is more, again, the dietary side, and then obviously TCM, the herbal side. So it's, you know, using this is where people sort of like lose interest because when you start talking about yin and yang and chi and you know how the body moves and disharmony everyone's like oh my gosh what are you talking about you smoking we can can all agree that like there is something keeping us all together we don't have to agree about the name on it and Mm -hmm. i for one believe that you know we're all in a vibrational frequency and you need to change that for sure in order to to achieve a point where you feel comfortable yeah for sure so um and I did a live recently as well with another nutritionist and he asked that like a very similar question. Um, so yes, acupuncture, Reiki, all of those healings do form part of TCM. Um, I don't practice those. I only practice food therapy and um, the, the herbal treating side of it yeah. um, and tincture making and blending and all of that stuff. So um, that's my area of focus. But what factors into how you treat a pet, like I said, is food energetics, what the food does to the body. And, you know, there's certain responses everybody has to food, um, you know, and also take my dogs asking for lap time. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, and then there's also, you know, factoring in elements like you get, you know, wood, fire, earth, water elements, for example, for your pets and it sort of classes types of conditions and, um, you know, temperatures and things like that. And so TCM really, the whole point of TCM is it acknowledges that there's a disharmony or an imbalance in the body. And the process that you follow is to balance out that imbalance and then further treat the pet. So with TCM and food therapy approach is um, we know that food and herbal um, medications or herbal blends have either the ability to restore, imbalance or maintain a body. And this is also where, you know, there's a lot, there's like a little social media craze. I'm not sure if you've seen it pop up on your timeline, but like the heating and cooling elements of a diet, you know, um, and people say, yeah, yeah. And people saying like, I'm not going to give my dog chicken because he's got an allergy and he's allergic to chicken. But in the whole scope of the, you know, the pet food and food therapy side is like very few dogs are actually allergic to chicken. Like it's not really very few. Yeah, so it's more the energetics of that food. So if your pet is an allergy pet, 
right? And your pet's body runs hot. You don't want to put food that has an energetic that is a heating energetic. So you don't want to go and say, um, chicken is bad for my dog. Chicken is a hot food. It's a hot protein. So it digests down by raising the heat in the body. That's kind of like the, the energetics in a, in a nutshell. And um, so when your pet is actively in an allergy flare up, you don't want to go put food in the body that's going to make that heat Worse, more. Yeah. yeah. So it's not that the dog is allergic to chicken. It's that the body is having um, a, a, response yeah, to, a response to that. Yeah. Yeah. So TCM food therapy, we, we try and fix the disharmony and the imbalance and we try to find a plan for it. Um, so yeah, acupuncture, Reiki, all those things that does form part of TCM. Um, I don't, practice those i refer pets who are interested pet parents who are interested in those things elsewhere um but um yeah that's kind of like tcm in a nutshell the the stuff that i do and what i factor into each pet but then obviously on the flip side is i also do holistic medication which is a non-invasive attitudinal approach which is just like it takes all other factors in as well um, so I use the two together because we're in South Africa. We don't have access to everything that everybody's going to find in China. Um, yeah, so I use the two together. I take it with a grain of salt. I always tell people, take it with a grain of salt. And I try to keep it, you know, not as crazy as people can get with it. And I'm not saying it does make you crazy, but like <sighs> South Africa is a little bit behind. Yeah, we're not, a, we're not super aware. So I try and make sure that it's like a good blend of both. Um, you know, and I try and explain in a way that people are not going to think that I run around the garden and have pet fairies, you know, so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's kind of it. I don't know if I answered your question or just gave you more questions, but I hope that I, that did. No, I love it. And I, I love, I for one love learning new things. I think that's part of the millennial condition as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, this is, this is fantastic. Information. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And I can think as well with South Africa when they Google cause and cause, CPCM, it might be, ooh, okay, whatever. Mm. But then you're like, no, no, wait, 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 wait. This is what I do. So mm. I can imagine that that's also very difficult for you to to get people to understand, hey, this this can actually really help. And mm. we just have to get to a point where we put our biases aside and do what's best for the pet. And it's not about you. It's not about your feelings towards this. Is is this going to work? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, when when you Google me anyway, I pop up as animal nutritionist. But then when you click on to like the bio, it tells you all the other things that I do as well. And um, you know, pet owners will be like, "Oh my gosh, my dog's got arthritis. I need food." And then you know, that kind of opens up the whole okay but you know do you want to do like the holistic supplementation side as well and then we have that back and forth so some consults some pet owners are like no that's like you're talking to plants that's bad and then other people are like let's do it you know some people only want the diet and then some people want a dual consult so I have both options Um, and then I also just have a holistic TCM consult so it's like your pets are already on everything that's biologically appropriate for your pet and then you know, but it's not working. And now you want to supplement and you want to do this and you want to do that. And you have this condition to treat and, you know, people. Things and just treating and the pe- symptoms. Yeah. But also just people add what they see on social media and not everything that is trending on social media 
is good for your your specific dog in front of you. So that's something we address. And um, I have a consult just for holistic and just for um, TCM. And then I have a consult just for food. And then I have a hybrid where it's a bit of both. And those are like my chronic pets. I mean, I've got a dog that's um, got hemangiosarcoma, which is cancer. Um, she's really fresh into her journey and her, her owner's like, oh my gosh, it's been like two weeks and she's got a boundless amount of energy now and her skin looks good and she's hydrated and she's drinking less water and she's not licking her, her arthritis foot anymore. And so it's like those kind of pets that I have. And then I've got pet, pet parents who are just like, no, there's nothing wrong with my dog. Let's just do food. And mm. it works both ways. Yeah. Do you think like, this is this is again going more into the spiritual side of it? But do you think that mm. the energy have, plays a role on how the animal also takes that medication or heals from that? Do you think that the the environment that they get placed in, so they give them something that they think is definitely going to work, if they treat that pet differently, as if it's getting better, the the pet not believes it, but kind of like that energy exchange of this is this is good and okay, let me take what I can from this and actually, you know, use it. Um, okay. I don't know. I'm talking completely. Mm. No, look, I, <laughs> no, look, um, there's a reason things like Reiki and stuff like that works is because we, we need to acknowledge energy fields. Um, and we need to also, you know, if that sounds like left field, I mean, when you're anxious, your dog is anxious. Like, let's just be, exactly. let's just, yeah. you know, say something that people know is, when you are anxious, your dog is anxious. When you are upset, your dog knows to comfort you. When you are um, really excited and happy, your dog mirrors that. So dogs absolutely pick up on owner's energy. Um, I'm not saying that an owner's energy means success or that the lack of success for treatment, but I am going to comment and say that if an owner treats medicating and um um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, treats the treatment plan as an anxiety causing thing. The dog is going to feel anxiety at the time of medicating or at the time that you serve food. So also, you know, when I put a pet onto a plan, I always check in with the owners. I'm like, how are you doing? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Let's chat through the emotions that you're having because we don't want that pet to have anxiety at the time that you're supposed to be medicating them. But I think also, you know, when people reach a practitioner like me or a person like me who does very specialized niche things um is they're at that point where they're so hopeful that this is going to work because I am their last stop and it's not yeah. always nice because a lot of my patients you know I look at them like I'm really sorry there's nothing I can do for you I can help with a maintenance plan so I, I get a lot of those which is you know emotionally and physically and mentally taxing both for the owner and I so it's not always nice to be a last stop but for healthy well, candidates that will become healthy it's great because the the um responses are faster and then i think people get super excited by it and then it becomes fun it's like oh my gosh i wish i knew this sooner um so i think pets definitely do feel that energy component from the owners we do well we being me before and after coffee my two personalities um <laughs> um i do absolutely check in with my pet owners like what is overwhelming you do you understand everything um ask me your questions and that's why I have like a support part as you know part of the package is like you get three six nine twelve months of support because I you know managing an owner is as important as managing that patient yeah. um, so you can only do so much but yeah I think on, on the energy thing dogs definitely pick up vibes and pick up your auras and have a response to your emotions so if you can keep your emotions under wrap 
um, a time of feeding or dosing, then it usually goes down less stressful. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We experienced that when we had to give Finn his um, potassium bromide in the start. Mm. The vet was just like, here you go, here's a syringe, this goes down his throat twice a day. Right. If anyone has, potassium bromide basically is just like acidic salt. That's the best way I can like describe it. That's the best way I can describe its taste. It is horrible. The smell is Mm. horrible. And Mm. I can imagine that I wouldn't, you would have to strap me down to to get that in. For sure. So the first couple of days was fine. I kind of tricked him. I was like, here's a treat. And as he opened his mouth, you know, just pop it in there. Squirted. <laughs> treat exactly. <deception. laughs> that literally only worked for two days. Yeah. It was traumatic for both of us because it was, you know, you had to hold him down. And then I had this mm. brilliant idea of, hey, just soak it in a piece of bread. Like, that's great. Perfect. Mm. And mm. pop it in the back of his mouth, close his mouth, and he just swallows it and he gets a treat afterwards. So he started a associating it with a positive experience perfect i was gonna say that yeah yeah less traumatic i did start with cover like actually covering the bread with peanut butter mm. but after a while he didn't even want it because then i would just put it on top of his food and he would actually like fall for it but he doesn't he's he's a smart boy now he doesn't fall for that anymore so we've skipped the peanut butter just goes in the back of the throat close get a treat afterwards he actually loves his cbd so he gets a cbd after the potassium and he just sits there he's like right (laughs) (laughs) yeah look um it's quite funny there's um a a field of holistic practice uh called zoo pharmacognosy which is where pet self (laughs) zoo pharmacognosy okay yeah where the pet self selects their the herbs and blends that their body actually needs um and it's quite funny how dogs who actually need cbd love their cbd um i've got a couple clients who purchase from us and like the feedback is they sit for their cbd like it's a treat and it's like yeah because they probably do they need it you know they enjoy it and um the 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 oils and stuff that it's made with is always beneficial like i said i'm very much a fan of dual things functional feeding so um yeah no it's it's great um that pets have that innate knowledge that oh my gosh i love this it's good for me so it's good that finny does that because um it makes your job a little bit easier i think because some pets actually sorry yeah no, 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 I was just saying it really, really does. Like, it, it helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and then you, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, 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 I was just saying, um, actually, I just forgot what I was going to say. I think it was like, I don't know, it's fine, move on. My brain's gone off on a different tangent. <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, I, think, I think what you say has a lot of um, weight, carries a lot of weight to it, because um, for, for a while, I tried incorporating different foods into Finn's diet where just mm. before he had his really bad cluster um, and they changed his you know, his uh, potassium bromide dosage. So mm. added things, I would add rice, chicken, you know, you name mm. it, like uh, veggies, he loves carrots, frozen carrots is a treat for him. Good boy. So as he was teething, it was a lifesaver for then. And mm. it's, uh, it's an enrichment toy now, so he loves that. Mm. He is not a fan of any grains or any bread. If I give him just a plain piece of bread and I'm like, here, have this, he'll just like leave it. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need that. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. even, not even a treat for me to go find it on the floor later. It's not a high value treat. <laughs> no value treat. So um, noticing that with the grains and things like that, and that makes sense. 
because I was speaking to V, I was like, do you think a keto diet would be beneficial? I've been researching it. It works for people with epilepsy. Yeah. Um, what about dogs? And she also says like, there's not a ton of research to back it up in terms of like, mm. like there's not proven. It's definitely something worth trying. And, mm. you know, it worked for you. So I think, I think that carries a lot of weight to it because it's what your body needs. It's going to crave. That's mm. why we have cravings. That's why we are yeah. like, if you have an iron deficiency, that's why the smell of, you know, or ice eating, like my mom um, loved back in the day she she had a pretty bad iron deficiency she mm. loved scraping off ice on the inside of the freezer i'll never forget it oh wow yeah so it got to that point and the smell of she said if she could package the smell of dust that the car vents create when you're on the farm wow she would like buy that and um so but i think and that's obviously a case of iron deficiency so i think mm. listen to the dance like um, also dogs eating poop it's saying something you know maybe they're missing something mm. maybe mm. It's nice. it's same stuff. with grass yeah exactly like the, the whole thing of oh they will eat it because they want to vomit sure maybe but most likely than not that grass is a nutrient that they're missing in their diet Mm. Um, sometimes they need that extra roughage even just to help pass stools and I can comment and say demon in our case study when we switched him over to the fresh food um, from his prescription diet there was like a day or two where he was eating grass and then I said okay he's a higher fiber dog so I asked his mom to add certain things to his fresh food and it seems to be balancing out now so I mean there's two types of fiber, soluble, insoluble. We don't have to go into that because you've sort of had a really great chat with V on one of your previous episodes. Um, but each form of fiber has a job. And one of the groups of fiber is literally to push its roughage, to push stools through the gut and to keep it there for the body to absorb nutrients. And sometimes your higher fiber dogs do just like munch on grass because it does that for them, you know. But it's also there's also behavioral aspects. I mean, there's so much of everything for what a dog does that – it can't be put in a little box, but yeah. yeah it can't. Sure. Maybe your dog is just special. Like maybe it's just weird. Like <laughs> what he's doing with his foot, it might just be weird. There might not be a reason to it. Just like you have your quirks. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. So well, this isn't on the the, the, the talking points I've sent you, but yeah. I have to ask because this is just yeah. I would think. Is like you probably have gotten some really weird DMs with like pet behavior or pet nutrition saying like, hey, my dog does this or hey, I've been doing this. And you're just like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah, so um, surprisingly, we weren't actually that active on Instagram for a long time because um, I was still working for a vet group, which um, I still look for now, but I, I just treat my patients full time. I do my brand development and um, I work with like I said some really great companies who are always making new products so um, that takes up a lot of my time so I no longer go into the vet clinics every day and I only go in as they need um, you know so for a long time I wasn't actually active on Instagram it's probably like the last uh, six to eight months that we've become super active just because we've realized the the need for information and the need for engagement so on that Previously, I wasn't getting very weird DMs, but Instagram. I do get some very straight. Yeah, I do get some now. And um, I think, let me just think. I think the one that I got that was weird was like, 
why is my dog eating his toenails, you know? And then the, the person followed up to send me pictures of the dog's feet. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do with these feet photos unless, you know, only pause was a thing. Then I could put it on there and pay bills. But, you know, so I do get some strange ones now. I get a lot of weird emails because, I mean, when you go on our um on our website, like we have our, WhatsApp, our work WhatsApp number and the, the general email. And we do get some really odd, you know, requests or people, you know, asking very strange things. And either, I think another one was somebody asking if I would make their dog vegan food, um, which, you know, is... It's a fair question, but okay. You know, but anyway, so I did get some strange ones here and there. I think the... Um, I said to in the previous live that I did last weekend, I was like, one of the funniest things I got was a picture of a dog's bum because the dog was licking his bum and the owner's like, oh, the anal glands a problem. And it's like, <laughs> like zoom in and look. But, you know, so um, there's some strange things that have been coming through in the last couple of months. But, you know, I take it with a grain of salt and I really do try to help the owners. But I've also got a boundary where it's like, if you want free advice, I'm not a free service. So, you, you know exactly let's, let's sit down and talk about it properly because there's a lot to unpack here so <laughs> it's difficult to just give people a one-shot answer and that i think is where google moms also mm. have a problem because you go and look at something or it's a trend or it's like on tiktok and you're like i'm gonna mm. do this and do it exactly yeah. like yeah that's why i also feel like people posting their diets and being like let me know how if you guys tried this and if it works for you this is it's not a mm. recipe that it's not like a a cottage pie that you're making you know yeah. the way that you feed your pets nutrition is it's their life it's the, and their bodies digested a lot differently and a lot quicker than mm. you and so, you and even sorry on that and like because while it's in my brain because adhd is a thing guys, <laughs> is um there's a thing that we say is like feed the pet in front of you and not every pet is the same or needs the same or wants the same and when you're putting something into a pet's body who doesn't need it i mean one it's going to cause an imbalance and two like the body's not really you know it's absorbing it for no reason you're giving the bod body extra work for no reason and you know like a big thing on social media in the last couple of months has been putting kelp in your dog's food which is a source of iodine great but if your pet is um on kibble which is formulated it has an iodine component and you go and you put kelp in with it it's like what are you doing now you make, what are you doing your dog doesn't need it you know so the trends and stuff yourself, you're making more of a financial strain on yourself and your dog mm -hmm. isn't in it anyway for sure so, like that's great though <laughs> yeah no look it's it's um I, I, yeah no uh, trends are not something to jump on when it comes to your dog's health and wellness that's some or cat's health and wellness that's something I'm gonna mm -hmm. say it's rather just work with somebody who knows what they're doing and not somebody on Instagram or TikTok that's doing it for views and mm -hmm. shock value yeah exactly and all the power to to you know the Instagram pet, pet moms um who are mm -hmm. posting you know this is what my dog is eating be proud of it fantastic that is not at all what mm -hmm. i'm saying i just realized that it might be taken that people shouldn't be posting their diets that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that the people yeah. in their diets like you say for shock value or or for followers for this mm. role of hey you should do this too like an influencer kind of thing that's yeah. not okay to me 
that's not okay. No, and I think that's also it's it's difficult because you you spend so much time with each of these animals, mm-hmm. and for people to just be like, oh well, I've got all uh, an all around a diet that kind of gives you know um, pet nutritionists a bad name because mm. we're the ones taking slack for them. Like, oh, but I tried that; it didn't work. Like, but did mm-hmm. you? Did you actually yeah. try? Yeah, and like again, there's no textbook model that fits every pet in the world. Like I said earlier, not everything can be put into a little box for a dog or into a little box for a cat. And sure, I mean, the most informed, best nutritionist in the world can go and make something for your pet, but it might not work for your pet, you know. And then, you know, you have to be open to changing. You have to be open to knowing like, okay, the body obviously didn't utilize this correctly. Let's try an alternative. And so we do get a lot of like flack, I guess. Um, but then also people who are not educated enough to be doing this are doing it for people. They do own brands and they do diets and stuff for for pets and they don't actually have the skill set to do so. And then, you know, it's like the pet gets worse over time. And so it's like a, a very unregulated industry. We don't even have to go into that. But um, <laughs> yeah. But I think also, you know, on the comments of people posting their diets, like when you post a diet, don't like not do it. Just be one of those people that say, hey, this is a formulated diet by a nutritionist for my pet. Like most of us put what a disclaimer in. For me, you should. Yeah, exactly. Someone. For sure, like just put a disclaimer in there that you know, like let's use those of us who post raw bowls on um, their pets' Instagram on their business accounts. Like right at the bottom, we literally have like a little asterisk to say this: this bowl is not um, a true reflection on a fully balanced diet. This is part of a formulated recipe. That is like a disclaimer where you're like telling people like hey this isn't like what you should feed your dog every day only this because it's like not balanced um and it's the same for yourself like absolutely post it but I just think make sure that your um audience is aware that it isn't exactly 100% you know if that makes sense because otherwise you get silly diets like uh even for for us humans you get the diets it's like I tried this for two weeks for sure and people do it and they get eating disorders or, you know, they end up in the hospital or they get sick or whatever. Mm. Um, your body is your body and you have to listen to it. And it's the mm. same thing for it. But I think it's very important that if we start thinking about our own bodies that way, it's going to be a lot easier to make that transition to our pets as well. Because mm-hmm. if you respect them enough to be like, okay, what do you want? Then definitely for we sure. should be able to do that for ourselves. For sure. Um, I think it's I think it's beautiful, and I think uh, the fact that you guys are doing this study and actually giving the chance to people who might not otherwise have found you or might not otherwise have been able to do this opportunity, I think mm-hmm. it's amazing. So, Thank you. So for close and pause, um, you guys have plans. Like, okay, I know for the next year you are set doing your independent study. So what's after that? Mm-hmm. You're publishing it. You're getting a Nobel Prize, and then what? <laughs> I doubt I get a Nobel Prize for anything relating to natural food of uh, um, medicine for dogs but um so for the case study specifically the plan is we're going to do a couple over the next few years so it's not like this is the first and last one we're doing we'll open up again um we're going to give ourselves a break while we compile the 
data uh, for this case study because I can we can really we can like work on the drafts throughout but we can really only have it peer reviewed once the study is completed and we have all the stuff. Um, so we'll publish hopefully a couple months after the study wraps up uh, next year and then we will start again with a different control panel and a different target group. Um, I do want to get a good cat one in so I want to open up panel for cat I was going to ask you about that like because cats mm. are a different metabolic system than dogs mm -hmm. yeah so we'll open up again i think the next control group will be a group of cats and then probably about the same so five six cats and then we'll just keep incre increasing our control group size over the years so hopefully like three or four years down the line i can get some uh, sponsors for the case study because it is a lot of resources and a lot of time um, and as the groups get bigger obviously that does um, multiply yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so the next one will definitely be cat um, and we'll do the same uh, same sort of set so food and holistic stuff and then the next one will be a dual study so dog and cat um, dual genders, um, sterilized, non-sterilized, uh, just to give it like a better pool. And we'll keep doing this. So we do it for the sake of education and for the sake of data and science and really getting to know our best friends. Um, so that's kind of where that is. So we'll be doing lots of case studies over the next 10, 12, 15 years, you know, if I have anything to do with it. And um, yeah, so again, everything will be published once the studies wrap up. So pet owners can really sit down and read and be like, oh my gosh, this is actually like makes sense. And oh my gosh, I had these questions. Like now I know that these are answers. But yeah, so that's kind of the case study journey. And that hopefully your from question. this one as well, like more people will become aware of it and more people will mm -hmm. actually try it. And, you know, we'll just have health healthier dogs and cats and pets all around. So, yeah. um, or just more aware owners. So, yeah. And it's it's interesting because at the moment, and there's a tinge of guilt on my side, because currently we're mm. just feeding and kibble. Mm. Um, he's on a Hills diet, uh, not, the, not the prescription diet, but he's on a Hills puppy diet. And my, my whole thing was at one point he just wasn't eating. He wasn't eating anything right. um, except like meat that I would give him. And I was like, great. But this isn't sustainable for you. I have no idea what to add to this. I don't know right. what you need. Um, so had to had to kind of switch back. Not switch back. I always integrated his kibble in some way, even if it was mm -hmm. just a third or two thirds of, of his food. Sure. But anyway, um, had that reverted back to kibble. I was like, okay, I need to get you back to a baseline because I've been mm. adding all these. And the, I'm a perfect example of someone who's like, okay, I've seen that this, or I've read that this works. Let me try it. Let me add a little mm -hmm. bit. Do you like it? Yes, you do like it. Okay, I'll keep, I'll keep adding it. And then you don't like it in a week and I don't understand why. And so I am literally the perfect example of what not to do. Of Your dog's not going to just eat the same thing over and over again if like he doesn't continue to eat that thing. It's not balanced. It's not necessary um but and we still do it with kibble for some reason but, <laughs> um i know especially with my chat with me in terms of at the very least i know everything that biologically that he needs is in there um and that he won't die like at least i know from malnutrition I'm yeah, like, yeah yeah need is in there I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to step back for a second, get you back to baseline, 
so that I can actually assess which part of this is working and not working. And then mm-hmm. I'll start integrating or change or whatever. So yeah. I think it's very important in that regard as well to just acknowledge that it's not a bad thing if you feed your dog kibble. No. It's not. That was going to be my next line is it's not bad. I think everybody, look, there are some things that make um, pets who are on a kibble diet a little bit more susceptible to, like a higher carb does cause obesity and the higher carb does, you know, agitate inflammation, the pet that's got inflammation. We know this. This is like yeah. stuff that is already out there. I mean, some of the, the best... ingredients in the kibble and all of that. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, you need... But feeding a good quality kibble is not bad. Um, feeding a raw food diet is not bad. Feeding a fresh food cooked diet is not bad. Feeding a hybrid diet, a bit of everything, is not bad. You just need to do it correctly, um, which I think is, again, a, an awareness thing. Um, but also I think there's a lot of, you were saying you feel guilty, like there's a lot of mom guilt with like feeding your pet something. Like you also need to factor in your schedule, like your lifestyle, your finances, like your access to knowledgeable people like don't feel bad like feeding kibble isn't bad just feed the best quality kibble you can afford and then look for ways to just make it a little bit better like add back some moisture because you know kibble has less than 10 percent moisture which is too little for a pet yeah exactly and they need moisture and they need water to pass that through their system so that dehydrates the pet if they're eating dry kibble so add back moisture water or bone broth you know like there's just little tweaks you can make so feeding kibble isn't bad you just have to enrich it a little bit i think especially now because everything is so profitable i mean the pet food industry is a billion dollar industry and the more profit you make on a bag of food is better so not always the best ingredients so just you know i always say buy local you know south african food is great for your dogs you know if you can if you can otherwise um feed what you feed but just open your mind to a little bit more like you were saying you enriched and you have to get back to baseline but like just you know as a normal pet person learn a little bit more <laughs> for people who want to so like me who's in a, oh before i get into that forget that forget about it mm. i want to ask okay. you stupid question bone broth how the hell do i do that <laughs> how, how, how do you make it, it? Where, how do I make it? Can I buy it? Do I have to make it? What is the what is the situation with that? Because I have no idea where to start with that. Right. So there's a good few bone broths on the market now. Um, I would rather say go for a pet formulated bone broth because human bone broth will have a lot more salt. Salt isn't bad, people. Salt is not bad for your pet. Too much salt is bad. The same way it's bad for humans, but too much is bad. Like salt is actually really good at restoring electrolytes or helping with electrolyte restoration in pets. So it's okay. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, But on that is human food science and animal food science is different where humans, we have a lot more salt in our food because it needs to be palatable for us to keep buying it. Like a lot, like using a human broth on a dog would not necessarily be good. So we usually say buy from a pet brand um, or make it yourself. And to make it yourself, you need a nice slow cooker or a crock pot or whatever you want to call a giant pot. Um, really good quality marrow bones from your butcher. Um, bones, lots of cartilage, so knuckle bones, um, all those type of things. You chuck that in your pot um, what I tend to say is when you're purchasing beef bones, because sometimes a lot of clots or um, impurities in beef, yeah. I tend to just like roast it off for half an hour and then I chuck it in the 
in a pot. You cover it with water. Um, we put a little bit of apple cider vinegar in there to help with that um, um, harnessing of all the good things when in there. A little bit. Is it like a tablespoon, a teaspoon, or a cup? It depends on the size of the pot size that you're doing. Size, yeah. So, like, if you're doing two liters, like a third cup is kind of no more than that. Otherwise, it's going to be quite vinegary. Um, quarter cup is probably better. Depends again on the size of pot. The size, and then yeah. chuck in some carrots, some celery. Um, I chuck in turmeric and black pepper because you know we love holistic stuff. Um, and then you just like forget about it for like 24 to 36 hours. Like I just chuck it in a slow cooker and then I'm like, oh, sure, but like two days later, oh, let's go check what it's looking like. And then, you know, you drain everything out um, and then you left with this nice gelatinous liquid at the end of it. And that's what you need. That's the collagen, that's the glucosamine, that's all the good things. And I either keep it in the fridge if I know I'm going to use it in the next couple of days or I take an ice tray and I just pop it in the ice tray and I freeze it and then I just pop a cube in every time my pets need bone broth That's um, yeah so you can freeze it it is freezable um, and I think yeah just either do that one yourself or buy from a pet brand I know Happy Hounds has a really good quality um, broth I think it's 500 mils in a tub um, but yeah definitely I mean you can add herbs you can add parsley and rosemary and thyme because those all have healing properties for clicks and antifungal antibacterial properties and um so you can have a little bit of fun with it but um yeah good quality marrow bones knuckles lots of water a little bit of electricity so don't do it during load shedding um and then you're good to go <laughs> so you just have to cook it for two to three days no load shedding though so don't do it yes <laughs> so like you can do 12 hours but i'm kind of like one of those people who will do it a bit longer and then get a better yield from it so like 12 24 sometimes 36 hours depending on the bone quality and how many bones you the whole point is you want to have bones of marrow and you want to have really good cartilage bones um and again if we bring food energetics and food therapy into this is you don't want to make it with chicken bones for a dog with allergies you want to do beef which is a maintenance protein that's amazing mm. that's awesome so yeah because we were at the farm this weekend and Finn picked up my parents had a I don't know it was some form of game but it was like a okay. doe or a deer or something like that right right um and it was just a shin bone that was lying around oh. it, but it's just a raw shin bone and he found nice. it and he nommed it he somehow snuck it into the calm their homes and that's all he's been eating while he's here so we just halfway home we just hear him chewing on something we both turn around and here he is chewing on this bone that he snuck into the car when he jumped in so what a good boy i like finn finn's a ninja he's such a ninja he's a clumsy ninja but he is (laughs) all legs all legs so yeah okay cool so in terms of um you're in cape town at the moment you're doing really fun soon sorry Uh, you're doing something really fun soon um, oh yes why don't you tell me a bit about that so it's still early stages um planning and just getting all the things together but we're gonna have a seminar an in-person seminar I'm still toying with the idea of having um people be able to join like over internet like stream it um, it is a paid seminar so you've got to pay for your seat there'll be a little bit of a light lunch um included um and yeah so we're going to talk about like nutrition we're going to have a couple speakers um 
so I'll obviously speak and then we will have um, another fresh food company there they'll get a segment and then I'm still looking for a third speaker um, I'm playing with a couple of ideas and chatting to a couple of people um, but we're also just like finalizing dates all the long weekends and stuff and you know it's a bit it's a bit touch and go but yeah so it'll be a great in-person seminar there'll be a little like lunch catered for those who are sitting here chatting to us and spending their afternoon with us um, and it will probably be at a super awesome doggy daycare that's um, here local so we're working with them and yeah it's going to be fun I think it's just going to be so great to have uh, like-minded people um, and people who want to learn come in there'll be an FAQ time and you know we're hoping to host seminars every like two three months um, going forward which really does just give us a lot of opportunity to speak about different topics and um, have you know accessibility to um, for pet owners to have that option to to attend something like this and ask the questions that they want to ask and actually get a like an honest answer so that's going to be fun we're super super excited but um as soon as it's finalized and details are done we're going to post it on social media for early ticket purchase and then um with dates and everything and we're super super keen that's exciting and for those of you listening if you are curious as to oh my goodness where do i find this how can i get in touch yeah Megan is on Instagram. First of all, I'll let her tell you all the other ones, but you can find her at Claws and Paws Wellness. That's Claws and then just the letter N, Paws Wellness. So Claws and Paws Wellness. Um, she's also currently up on our stories, and if you're struggling in finding her profile for whatever reason, not that you should, she is also in our highlights reel, so you can go check that out. Um, yeah, Megan, where else are you? Do you currently offer consultations to people? Are you open for that or is your study like taking the bulk of that right now? No, so I'm still actively consulting with pet parents. So if you want to book a consult, you can go to our website, www.clawsandpaws.co.za. Um, you can click on either our plans or pricing or our book online. Um, if you want to read about our consultations, we have a little consultations tab. So you can just sort of uh, poke around there and see what works for you and your pet and your idea. Um, so we still actively consult with pet parents and pet brands. Um, the study is taking up time, but I'm very good at managing my time and also don't sleep a lot so <laughs> um yeah so you can <laughs> you can find me there you can book a consult there otherwise just slide into my instagram dms i am pretty active we are pretty active at monitoring those so if you are a little bit concerned or have some questions just slide into the dms and i'll just don't send me like funny photos but slide into the dms as a message of your dog, dog's butthole people like guys <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's quite funny how we like take two pictures but don't send bum pictures like come on guys like where's you know anyway um so <laughs> um yeah you can sign to the dms if you're really having a hard time but you can find me there and book your session there too that's fantastic thank you very much for offering your time i know that this is probably a lot longer i hope how long are your consultations like well like people well, the first consultations like is it like an hour does it depend on the pets or it depends on the pet and the plan um i have a consult option which is like 30 minutes which is like no report we just chat about your things um you still fill in an intake form um it's a great sort of like informative session and then everything the owner can obviously take notes during the session but then we have like 
plans where they get a report and it's like a whole long thing and it can be anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes of consult so anyway so it's like 30 to 90 there's a big gap it really does depend on the pet my medical cases tend to be more like the 90 minute mark um just because there's a lot that we have to go through um sometimes an hour if we've done a lot of back and forth and i've got everything else but if there's a lot of points that we need to discuss then it's usually like 60 to 90 minutes that's fun. I think um, <laughs> everybody appreciates it a little bit more because it's, it's a lot of information and it's a lot of reporting and a lot of data. Like if I, mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine because we, we were we were like, okay, we have to get all of Finn's records together because we eventually want to approach a nutritionist for this. And we're like, okay, get the records. And we're like, okay, but then we also have to do this and this and this and this. And it starts piling up with how much data. And I'm like, okay, cool. I just have to collect this. You have to analyze this. I don't even understand this. Yeah, it is. You know, and then you kind of use all the records, especially it's great when a pet owner has a complete record, but then you have to sort of sit and be like, um, okay, let's try find a point that all the problems start. So you try and backtrack it, you know, to find sort of an area that could have been a trigger and, you know, to link everything up and to like plan. Uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's great. It's great. I love it. It keeps my science brain very active. That's awesome. Thank you very much for joining me. No, thank you for your time. I really appreciate that. And I, I appreciate you and get better soon. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks everyone for joining and uh, you can find us in the everywhere below. So we'll see yeah. you. Uh, thanks everyone. Thanks guys.